Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the UC Architects, recorded on Sunday the 20th of January 2013. I'm your host, Steve Goodman, Exchange MVP, and this week I'm joined by Tamar Berthnott, Link MVP, Mahood Magdi, Exchange MVP, Michelle DeRoy, Exchange Architect and Blogger, Dave Stork, Exchange Architect and Blogger too, and Sir Canvaron Glue, who's another Exchange MVP. So, Tom, welcome to the show. Good to be on again. Hope everybody's good. How's your Christmas been? It's been a while since we last spoke. Yeah, yeah, no, Christmas was good. I was uh, over in Finland, so uh, that was all very nice and, and very cold. And now I'm back in the UK, and it's uh, also very cold here. So uh, it's, it's like, yeah, lo- tell me like I've it. been nowhere, really. <laughs> uh, so how's the start to 2013 been for you? Yeah, all good. Um, yeah, had some um, customers actually come to us asking about 2013, so that's pretty uh, pretty interesting. The word seems to be getting out there. Um, doing some initial 2013 kind of uh, high-level design bits and pieces and uh, looking forward to uh, the Link Conference now, really. Oh, fantastic. And Mahu Magdi, uh, welcome back. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, how's things been? Uh, is your move uh, now all done and dusted? Yeah, we, we, I managed to bring, to, bring, to bring the family to Qatar and everything is settled down now. Um, yeah, well, it was a crazy period moving from country to country. It's not always easy. So, so you moved uh, a couple of months ago from, from Egypt, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, and I, I didn't realize that you, you, the family had to, to follow up a, a little bit later on. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, that's got to be tough. Yep. Yep. The paperwork also wasn't easy. So <sighs> I finally managed to do all the paperwork and all the necessary effort, so it's done. How's the start of your year been? Have you been busy? Yeah, the start is is busy with with a lot of projects uh, coming into the pipeline and a lot of services. You know, we are cloud, cloud, cloud provider and we are launching a lot of services and adding and removing. So um, we had a, a busy start and we have a busy year as well. So do you work in a, a hosting team then? Yeah, uh, we, uh, I work in the service design team. Uh, we, we are responsible of designing every services. Either it's being pre-agreed or a new service. So when a customer comes and tells us I want a, a shared, uh, a shared infrastructure to provide exchange, because we provide also virtual machine as a service. So we designed the whole exchange and connectivity and everything. Uh, although we agreed on the exchange service, we, we, we sit down with the customer and agree how the exchange service will be deployed. And maybe we set, we set up with the product management team or, or program management team and discuss the new services and how we roll new services. So you do internal consulting and external consulting, which is a lot of fun. Uh, Michelle, how are you? I'm fine, Steve. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How's your Christmas been? I've uh, been busy. I've uh, changed employer in the December, so a uh, lot of changes for the good. But, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, busy. Uh, I'm still asking about how people's Christmases were, but it's the 20th of January. Yeah. But of course, uh, you know, the last time I did this show was before Christmas. It's nice of you to ask, yeah. but... <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, so how's your Christmas been? How's your New Year been? And how's uh, the the first half of the month been? I didn't have something planned for Easter. Uh. <laughs> uh, what, <laughs> yeah, then. <laughs> what about holidays? <laughs> Booked anything yet? <laughs> Nothing yet. Uh, 
Uh, so, so, yeah, so you've been busy as well? Working yeah. on any interesting projects? Uh, projects, I've been uh, you know, uh, solving some issues of some of our uh, my fellow uh, colleagues. Um, I'm going to talk about it in a few minutes. Yeah. One of those projects. And I've been uh, bu- busy scripting a lot against uh, web servers, and it's been an interesting exercise uh, so far. So. so you're busy and we all benefit. Yeah. Ah, cool. How's that? Well, yeah, we'll come to those in a bit. But uh, you've written a very interesting script, which uh, a few people, including uh, Dave, who we'll be speaking to in a sec, said, "Ah, that's actually that's really useful. Uh, I, I might well come across that problem myself in a few weeks' time. Thank you. Uh, that's going to be really good." You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and on to Dave. How are you? Yeah, I was I was uh, 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 ill for well two weeks or something like that, and had an awful cough for well i think uh until uh, last week or something like that so um yeah it was a was a uh, bit uh, preoccupied with other stuff so but uh happy to back be back again uh so you've got a busy start to the year well um i um had two weeks of uh mandatory uh, leave for for one project and well it actually kind of was uh, uh, very helpful for me, a bit of a downtime and uh, relaxing with the family and stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, in January is is, is main focus. I'm, I'm currently busy with one, still one project for for uh, Exchange 2010 uh, uh, for 15,000 users, and uh, we now are going to. Um, uh, well, at least I'm uh, winding down my my. Uh, uh, say that uh, the things to do um, uh, and and handing over the reins to uh, the administrators the, the exchange administrators so it's actually a bit bit um, uh, well uh, easy going so that that's that's fine uh, for me um, and um, you sound like a stereotypical Dutchman <laughs> easy going <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 um, I'm not that easily shaken uh, Something like that, but um, uh, but already the next project is all already uh, lining up and, and pushing for my attention, and then it's actually the um, internal um, migration of our uh, current groupware system to uh, Exchange 2013. Actually, uh, we don't have Exchange at the moment, but we are going to uh, go to Exchange 2013, and uh, we are going to integrate it with our Link. Uh, uh, environment which was upgraded just recently from 2010 to 2013 and our uh, SharePoint environment from t- also from 2010 to 2013 so it was logical to also uh, implement Exchange uh, to uh, fully benefit of the integration of all those uh, products and that is going to be a, uh, a challenge uh, I think um, because it's new but it's it's a it's a fun challenge well yeah it's one of it's the best time to learn about new stuff, isn't it? To, when it's new and you've got a chance to learn about some of the, the, the problems with it, um, but also be one of the first people to, to find the solutions to it as well. Exactly. And, and I'm probably going to blog a lot about uh, things I'm going to encounter. So uh, check out my blog the coming coming weeks. Cool, we will. And, of course, we'll put a link up to your blog. Well, there is a link on yeah. onto your blog <laughs> on the podcast website. Yeah. And Sirkan. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I mean, uh, 
weather was great for the last week, but today it's a bit rainy here in Bermuda. Rainy? Yeah, as always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so we're getting the opposite of that here. I'm looking at uh, uh, the snow. Not loads of snow, not like uh, the kind of snow that, that Stole was on about. Uh, you know, like... a foot or two but but bad snow here so uh i, I wish i was where you were even if it's raining <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah i've been busy for the last week about mostly on closing on and signing off exchange projects that i had yeah i already signed off one but we had a minor issue with the second one so we'll probably sign it off this week and i'll start working on the other projects that i have currently and also, uh, we will be discussing as well. I wrote an, another script on EWS as well. And, uh, yes, this week is it. a scripting episode. Yeah, it is uh, like we, EWS scripting. Lots of <laughs> scripts. Two EWS scripts. Uh, well, one update for me. That we, we've got loads of scripting in this this week's show. Uh, one from uh, still to get him on the show, uh, because at the moment it's... Uh, five in the morning where he is uh, <laughs> Paul Cunningham Exchange Server Pro uh, and he, he's done an updated script but we'll we'll be mentioning him because he's part of the crew and eventually we'll get him on uh, hopefully <laughs> uh, but yeah yeah lots of lots of scripts yeah uh in about a month's time, round about when the next episode is coming out, we'll be doing one from the Link Conference. But I, I think uh, some of uh, us MVPs that are going to the summit will probably uh, get together and uh, record some bits as well. So it'll be a good chance to get Paul on uh, because uh, he's going to be there as well. Uh, yep. And we'll all be on the, the same time zone for once. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> uh, anyway, on with the show. Uh, otherwise, we'll never get to those superscripts. Uh, the top stories this week. Uh, the, the first one is Exchange 2013. And uh, a, a question, is it ready? And... Uh, exchange is always ready, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, so some people don't uh, 100% agree. My take on it is every new product has its has a few little niggly issues uh, that have to be got around. And that's that, That's why when uh, a new version of Exchange comes out, and I, I know it's slightly different for, for Link, uh, but when a new version of Exchange comes out, there's a massive ecosystem that needs to be updated to work with it. So you can back it up, so you can put signatures onto your emails, so you can integrate it with different types of authentication. Uh, so you can integrate it with your, your fax solutions, voicemail solutions, uh, load balancers. So people can't just go out and implement this stuff because they've got to wait for the whole vendor community to, to update their products anyway. So a few little niggles that only get discovered once they once it goes outside of the, the small tap and Microsoft communities to, to, to provide feedback. Of course, there's going to be some problems that show up. Uh, and... When it comes to things like missing features, where it's it's not uncommon that uh, some of the best features get put into Service Pack One, um, and it was similar with Exchange 2010. Uh, a lot of uh, the, the features that we know to come and love uh, came in Service Pack One, including a full redesign of OWA. Uh, well, what do other people think about uh, Exchange 2013 and its readiness for deployment? Well, I, I hope it's ready because I'm going to deploy it in, in a few weeks. So. Uh, well, uh, I, I do, do, do. You know, you're not too worried. <laughs> um, well, um, we fully are aware that it is a uh, RTM product, so without any um, updates at, at 
at the time that we aren't going to deploy it. Um, uh, but uh, apparently my company has a lot of faith in me, so. Uh, <laughs> um, but but still, um, it's it's. It also depends on your environment and uh, how which features are important for you, um, and and. Uh, for instance, if you have a BlackBerry Enterprise server, then you have an issue at the moment, I believe. That yeah. That there is no uh, connection uh, possible. Um, and uh, I think that our environment is fairly um, uh, Microsoft-minded. Uh, we're going to integrate it with Link and with SharePoint, and we really don't have any other, um, other than uh, Cisco Call Manager, anything yeah. third-party related. Um, I think we have VM um uh, as a backup system but uh version 6.5 already supports exchange 2013 uh, so no showstop for us there uh, and and i think that that discussion is always with every version every release of uh and especially exchange that because it, it, everyone almost everyone has exchange and almost everyone has additional systems that integrate with exchange so it is a, every new version has a major impact um, and it, it, uh, it takes a while to, to get all those uh, third-party vendors uh, ready for the product. So I'm not that worried for that um, because one of the cr critiques is that it's already RTM, but we can't deploy it because Exchange 2010 Service Pack 3 isn't available yet. So yeah. only Greenfield deployments are possible. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think, well, I, I do have some some... Um, negative thoughts on why haven't we got a, a, a specific date? Yeah, but, um, I, I, I don't think that uh, um, a lot of companies are very. There are not a lot of companies that will deploy an RTM product uh, just because it just went RTM. Um, a lot of companies are making uh, budget decisions uh, in. in, in at the end of the year or middle in the year, and and so I think that that um, if the situation as it is now will uh, will be present in the summer, then it's uh, then it's more of a problem. And now it's just the, the starting problem yeah. or an RTM problem. So I'm 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 I see the I I understand the critiques that that the, uh, others have. Um, I, I do not disagree. Uh, I think that the impact overall is is uh, actually a bit limited, and I think that a lot of the the uh, ruckus that it is now out there is because we want to deploy it very eagerly we, because it's new. We want to work yeah. with it, so that's uh, and understandably so because then you can then you can show customers how it works and exactly. yeah. uh, and uh, it, it's all. It's all great having a demo environment, but uh, if no one's on it or no one uses it day to day, then you don't get that experience. That that's really valuable. So even if you have a few teething issues, there's going to be a lot of value in that for your customers. Well, and that's that's the reason why we are. Uh, that's another important reason that we want to. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, the the eat your own dog food principle, uh, especially for exchange. Then uh, that we decided to go to 2013 right away. Um, and yeah, well, currently we don't have any exchange. So I think that, that, um, in some ways it could be even a, an, an improvement 
and we don't have that much of a, 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 a well downside with if there are any any issues like for instance the the public folders in in OWA isn't present in in, in the RTM. Well, that probably isn't an issue for us. Uh, so. One thing you touched on was uh, a lot of organizations are very hesitant to deploy an RTM version of a product. Uh, one thing I want to ask Tom, uh, our Link MVP on this week, is, well, there was never a service pack one for, for Link. So did you come across that 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 resistance at all with Link? Um, yeah, there was an RC with Link 2010 that was fairly solid and was out for quite a while. So we built up quite a lot of confidence on the RC code, to be honest. Um, so our immediate customers weren't too concerned at RTM, to be honest. So it was so, so, so Link has, has been a solid product from the get go. Yeah, well, there's no there's no service packs for Link. There's only cumulative updates. So there's yeah. no big service pack drop to wait for. Um, I'd say it's not uncommon to wait for CU1 potentially because that's the first patch roundup. But um, yeah. certainly in the 2010 timeframe, we had a few people go on straight onto RTM without without many huge issues. So, so maybe that that same sort of approach could benefit uh, Exchange as well, because uh, instead of talking about service packs, talk talk about the update rollups as that maybe not worth waiting for. But it, it, let's face it, it's likely to be uh, in the same sort of time frame as the the service pack three and update rollups for uh, Exchange two thousand and seven, I would have thought. So no sort of image problem with not having a service pack, no corporate resistance uh, when people say, well, we'll wait for service pack one uh, of Link 2010. You just say, it's not happening. It, there's not going to be a service pack one. It is maintained a different way. Yeah, there's never been that expectation of a service pack. So I've never really come across it, to be honest. We have we have CUs and, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so exchange, guys. Uh what are your thoughts then on that? Should Exchange move to a service packless model? Casper? Casper agrees. <laughs> so Exchange guys, what do you think? Michelle, you in particular. Uh, you, we were emailing back and forward about this uh, very topic earlier and you were quite keen to, to try and keep a positive angle on Exchange updates. Uh, what are your thoughts then? Well, I can't... Uh client that I have some thoughts on getting a change ready to get along the way 15 uh, product uh, release but also this isn't the first release where some things are missing from the initial release and yeah we sort of started to uh, learn to live with it yeah and it's also with 2010 that backup products antivirus products etc etc aren't ready when the RTM product is there so it's not something new it's some backup products it wait. It had to wait until service pack one for. I think uh, EMC Networker took until service pack one. Yeah, but it does doesn't do anything with the fact that it's a bit annoying for customers who expect. Maybe they're we're a bit spoiled uh, nowadays, but <clears throat> we're expecting everything everything to be in the first RTM version. But that's not always the case. Yeah, uh, I I think we are missing a point. We are giving too much credit to. The lagged features of change. However, uh, there are there are also um, a missing piece of the puzzle that the ecosystem around exchange have their own support model. 
So for example, for Symantec supports Microsoft products 90, 90 days after it's been released and exchange or supported by Microsoft and exchange 2013, uh, got into support, if I'm not mistaken, by the 9th of January. So we will not see any semantic support until April. Okay. Um, again, that's so, not only. Okay. So it's, it's three months from general availability, not three months from RTM for semantic. Cause that's a, that's a bit of a question because that would be now because Quest is starting to support 2013 now and it's been 90 days. Well, uh, uh, the, the statement is 90 days from the product, not general availability. It comes into the support, uh, under support lifecycle of Microsoft and Exchange. As per my knowledge, Exchange came into support in, in the 9th of January, January. So 90 days from the 9th of January, January, which is April. So that's quite a way then uh, from RTM. Yeah, because that's December, January. That's that, that's nearly four months. Yeah. So is that's not only semantic. No, no. And, semantic uh, is... and I'm not trying to paint a picture that they're they're slow. Yeah. yeah. So I, I expect that all of semantic backup exec and semantic vault and net backup uh, customers are not able to upgrade until they see some sem- support from semantic. And also ArcServe and all other backup and protection and archiving third part, third party applications. So yes, there are some missing things, whether they are feature, they are capabilities or whatever they are in exchange. But however, we are missing the whole ecosystem support, which will come by time. So I think that people are rushing into the exchange 2013. However, giving it a little bit time, it will, it will be good. Well, yeah, I think that that the main focus of the the these, uh, uh, well proposed image problem is that it's already RTM and general available, but you can't do anything with it. So, but it's sort of a bit of a paradox or something like that. Um, but it, that's just a formal thing. The uh, general availability of a product, and that is because uh, they wanted to to release all the way fifty products a bit around the same time, and I think that that is uh, mainly because of the uh, Office three sixty five improvements they want to do, so that uh, every product has a, has a bit of a same life cycle, um, and I think that that was a driving force. And I think that we now see the consequence of those choices uh, within Exchange 2013. And I suppose that uh, when we go further in time, that uh, Microsoft is more able to to get it. Um, how do you say it? Uh, that that release model a bit bit more um, closer together than with with that you when it's general available that you can really use it. Only time will tell. Uh, I think on that uh, the, the service pack point, uh, I would rather wait until they're ready with them as well, because although there may have been a push to release Wave 15 at the same time, it doesn't matter if we have to wait a little bit longer. I, why not wait until it's ready? Don't You're not going to plan a project around uh, 
something that's not available to to you know to, to scheduling time anyway you might want to upgrade um, but waiting for those coexistent uh, pieces to co- to be properly ready for for, for all the different bits that are going to complete that picture, uh, it's it's worth making sure that when they come, that they're they're finished properly, and uh, if there are any bugs that they need to fix, that the majority of them are fixed. Well, um, there's one one thing that um, everybody is is uh, about is, is very focused on the uh, coexistence patches, uh, but another thing that is. Uh, um, well, not 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 as troublesome, but is also an important, uh, in, possible an inhibitor for uh, success, successful deployments. Uh, there aren't any real sizing information out there for 2013. There are minimum specific system specifications for Exchange 2013. Yeah, uh, but there isn't any. Well, for instance, the mailbox roll calculator for uh, as with 2007 and 2010 isn't available for 2013. Um, and and not that the tool is is um, uh, uh, well the information where that tool is based on that information isn't even available and I think that that is even uh, for me uh, because we have a a sort of a greenfield environment uh, for us is that that's uh, a bit of a well we're going to guess how we are going to deploy it so that that is I think even more uh, uh, something to, to consider when is it ready or not? Than even than than the coexistence uh, uh, patch. No, I think I think you're completely right on that, and it, it's perhaps a, a a way of controlling the kind of uh, build outs that are going to happen until they're ready. Maybe uh, that, as we heard from Greg Taylor, they're, they're still getting that data, and they're not going to release it until it's ready. Uh, Michelle, you you uh, wanted to jot in there as well. Yeah, I want to add a little something to the to the points on the 2013 and is it ready or not discussion. This there has been I've had a mail discussion recently <coughs> with someone who assumed uh, Exchange 2010 Edge Server was uh, sufficient to uh, coexist with uh, Exchange 2013. But uh, depending on which Technet page you're looking, it's in the requirements that you also have to wait for SP3. In order to get a support, fully supported configuration set up for that uh, the Edge and uh, 2013. Uh, That's a, uh, uh, It's one of those things where, when you say it, it sounds obvious, but uh, it might not be so obvious uh, if you're thinking about it a different way. No, it's because on, on another page it said you have you uh, you could use uh, ex- um, Exchange 2013. Oh, um, sorry, Exchange 2010 Edge service. Or 2007 Edge service, but it didn't mention a specific version, service pack. So, so that's when things started to confuse people. So, you know, from a documentation point of view, it's difficult to uh, get all these specific versions and service packs and rollups mentioned everywhere. But yeah, and I think we we'll, we can round up uh, our is Exchange ready with a mention that there are documentation updates even now. Uh, the January 2013 CHM update is, is available now. Uh, it's uh, just come out. Michelle blogged about it, and we'll stick the, the link up to that as well. Uh, anyway, on to our next subject, and uh, it's it's more good news. Uh, the Link conference uh, is completely sold out, uh, or perhaps very bad news, uh, if you were hoping to go. 
it's, it's a complete sellout conference. Uh, and Tom, you're going to tell us a, a little bit more about the conference and some of the things that uh, we, we might see there. Yeah, we wanted to flag that it was sold out, which I guess doesn't really help anybody who was uh, who was planning to go and hasn't got there who's listening to the podcast. But um, the people that are going and listening to the podcast, it's good to know that it's going to be well attended. Do you uh, think there's an opening keynote that people might be able to watch if they're they haven't uh, been able to go? I don't know what the crack is with um, streaming or not streaming. Um, I mean, I guess uh, the obvious plug is stay tuned to to us and, and Twitter and stuff, and I'm sure the information will disseminate out in due course. Um, but that that was a cue to to where I, where we've got tune into opening keynote February nineteenth, <laughs> which came from Pat. <laughs> uh, so apparently they are um, streaming. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently, it is streaming. <laughs> but don't hold us to that, then. It's obviously not uh, that widespread knowledge. Clearly, Pat knows inside information that I don't have, then. Um, yeah, so um, it's there's been some interesting information uh, sort of uh, dripping out. So um, none of the sessions are booked in advance, so there's no need to wait for any kind of web booking for those that are going. It's all just going to be first come, first served. Um, and Jamie Stark uh, did a, a love link video where he mentioned that the uh, voice and video mobile clients will be on show at the conference. Uh, on so that's show. an encouraging sign for everybody as far as sort of exciting information being available uh, around conference time. So that, that certainly doesn't mean that they're going to be released in any form then. No, no, definitely not. And that promise was not made, just that we'll be seeing them. So um, seeing them is better than not seeing them, obviously. As for release dates, they're still, I think Q1 is public. Um, yeah. So there's nothing more than that public at the moment. But, you know, if they're going to be around in February, that's a good sign, definitely. Well, yeah, we'll be halfway to the end of Q1 by then, won't we? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so it'll be, after the Link Conference, a matter of, of weeks, uh, Though it may be many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good disclaimer. It will be some amount of weeks, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it could it, it could be 12. <laughs> it could be 8. It could, who knows? Who knows? But people are going to be tweeting screenshots of those. We're, you know, we're, we're going to see what the iPad clamp or, or iPhone, iOS, Android clamps look like maybe, or is it just going to be Windows Phone? Uh, I don't know. There's definitely Android, iOS, and Windows Phone clients coming. What we'll see at the, the conference, uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I don't believe there's going to be... It's a public conference, so there's not going to be NDA on that type of material. So I'm sure it will all be on the on the internet in due course. Uh, so it's definitely going to be interesting then. Uh, and, and that's not just for people deploying Link 2013. That's for anyone that uses Office 365 as well. Because later on in the year, once these are, are out, they'll be able to, to get those same features. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's uh, 365 customers and on-prem customers, which would be, uh, be good stuff. Yeah, uh, of course, those Office 365 customers don't have to do anything. It'll just happen for them. Uh, and the, uh, whether that's going to be an update to the apps or just a, a completely new app, who knows? Yeah, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Uh, so, uh, although it's sold out, uh, do, do you have any more about the sessions that are going to be there? Uh, yeah, there's some details on the website about what sessions will be there. As I say, you don't really book sessions, so you go and have a look and see what time and the sessions are and, and who's presenting. But it's just yeah. a, it's just a first come, first served on the door for the sessions. 
Yeah. Uh, so being there early is, is definitely going to be something to bear in mind. Uh, the, at the exchange, uh, the MEC conference, there was the same sort of issue with people finding very cramped uh, seating arrangements uh, and if, uh, if they didn't get there really early. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that works out. I think you know there's going to be so many people knocking about and the vendor stands and stuff like that as well. If you, if you miss a session, just come and talk to people. You know, there's going to be people knocking about who are happy to to talk to you about you know what you're doing or your requirements or what what we're doing. And I'm, I'm sure there'll be lots of sort of side side convos that will be good as well. Uh, is there a lot uh, of information you're hoping to get from vendors there? Uh, yeah, it seems that there's a list of uh, vendor sponsors on the website, um, and it seems most of the the people we know are there. Um, so it would just be nice to to talk to some of the people we talk to a lot face-to-face and, and have everybody yeah. in the community in, in one place. It'll be quite good. Putting names to faces. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, in some cases, yeah. And uh, what one thing to always mention, and we have to keep on mentioning over and over again, is uh, uh, you're going to be there, aren't you, Tom? Yeah, I'll be there. Um, and you're going to be wearing your UCA T-shirt? Yeah, yeah. I think it's me, Pat, <laughs> Stole, uh, John are, are all going to be there. Um, yeah, we'll have the UCA T-shirts at some point, I'm sure. Um, so we'll be knocking about and probably having a, a cheeky beer here and there. If people see us around, please uh, come and say hello. Um, and I think some friendly vendors have also given us some some kit to give away. So uh, it, 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 it pays to come and say hello, I think, potentially. Uh, I, I don't know whether we're going to have any floor space. I, I hear not. But uh, th- there's definitely going to be uh, some presence there. Uh, it, it's going to coincide roughly with uh, as recording a show. Uh, so uh, I expect Pat will be bringing uh, some of his posh microphones along uh, and uh, get a few vendor interviews down while we're there, uh, if not record uh, a whole show. Uh, so there might be a chance to, to perhaps uh, chat to some of us, put your questions to us uh, and get involved. Yeah, definitely. We'll, uh, we'll be... We'll be running around, and nearer the time, we'll have an idea of what we're going to do as far as recordings, whether it's kind of ad hoc or, or a show. Um, Modality have got a stand there, and I think a few of the other guys have got stands or no vendors, so I'm sure we'll be able to manage to wing or uh, bribe our way to getting something or another as far as <laughs> recording goes. Uh, so the, the Lane Conference, yeah, it's sold out, uh, and maybe tune into the opening keynote if you're not going on February the 19th and uh, just to remind you sessions are not booked in advance it's first come first serve uh, so plan accordingly uh, thanks for that Tom and on to our first topic of the day uh, and it's back to exchange with Dave Stork uh, and we're going to be talking about the exams uh, the new MCSE the, the, the two new exams that make that up Sure. Um, yeah. Well, uh, uh, some some Twitter followers uh, probably already know that uh, a lot of people passed the uh, beta exams of um, Exchange uh, Server 2013, the 7341 and 7342. Well remembered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I trained for it. So. Uh, well, the first one is the core solutions, and the second one is the advanced solutions of Microsoft Exchange 2013. Um, and, um, well, since, since, uh, I think that the day that the results of the beta exams were announced, um, the exams are all, uh, released, uh, published for everyone to take. So they are, uh, as it were, RTM, 
And anyone can take them now and uh, be certified for Exchange 2030. Do you think there's any gotchas in the RTM version of the exams? Um, any bugs? <laughs> I certainly caught a few in the beaters. <laughs> I, I've I've made some extensive use of the comment space, uh, so uh, sorry. It was just a bad joke. <laughs> oh, no, no, well, uh, I, I I actually um, didn't have that much of experience with with Exchange twenty thirteen uh, before I did the exam. Uh, it was uh, mostly on uh, based on the uh, Microsoft Exchange conference. Uh, actually, I wrote a blog uh, blog post on. Uh, how you can, um, well, uh, uh, certify for the beta exams, and uh, well, uh, as I passed them both, I, uh, I think that uh, was uh, quite a good uh, article then. Um, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, well, uh, people now can, uh, even though they probably cannot uh, deploy Exchange twenty thirteen yet, uh, unless it's can. a greenfield environment. Yeah, exactly. In um, which case, it's but, amazing. Uh, well, yeah. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but they can uh, certify for it. Um, yeah. And, uh, and this is the best time to be learning about it because you. Yeah. <laughs> because it's it's a, it, they're good exams. Uh, uh, a few of us have done them. I think Michelle's done them. Sirkin's done them. Uh, Ma Mahmoud has done them as well. So is that that that's all of the exchange guys uh, and. I thought that they they weren't the, the toughest exams, but they were were definitely interesting exams that covered all all the core new areas that you need to know about. Yeah, well, I, I thought well, uh, there were some things that I didn't have any answers for. So uh, there is certainly something that that you have to really uh, search for for in 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 the documentation. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, I think it's hard to compare with the with. 2010 exams that were RTM for uh, published for a long time and doing a beta exam. Uh, I think that, well, at that time they are also making determining w how to score the exams. Um, and uh, but yeah, uh, this is why we do them because we've been using the product as best as we can, learning about it, trying to write about it, uh, and the. Hopefully, some of the feedback that that some of us have been able to to give on those questions has been useful. Uh, but but it wasn't wasn't the toughest exam. Um, but but no no. But well, uh, you know the, no, there were no. So, sorry. <laughs> well, uh, I just wanted to say that that I th I think that none none of the exams exchange exams that I ever did were uh, that hard. I think that uh, the last very hard exam uh, was the. Designing uh, Exchange 2013 exam uh, in which you have um, 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 case studies. Designing, sorry, what? What? Designing. Designing to Exchange 20, uh, 2003. Sorry. 2003. Ooh. Yeah. So MCSE messaging again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Going back there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's good that but, you mentioned that because, um, I, I think when you, when you work with a product as, as, as much as we do though, it, it, you, you say that exam was tough, but was that when you were just really cutting your teeth with, with exchange, really getting into it? Is that um, why it was harder? I, I, that, that's probably the case. Um, and, and, and the, well, I have to mention it that the um, the the configuring exchange 2003 exam is 
well, the exam that I have the most experience in. Um, it, it took me three times to pass it, so perhaps that's more <laughs> indicative of my abilities uh, than, than exams. Uh, I, I bet if you went back and did it again, you'd probably find it easy. And that, that's the thing, it's, that it's, it's experience. And from the, the MVP community as well, I, I know that uh, a few people failed the core. Uh, and, you know, not everyone's perfect. I, I expected to, to fail one of them. Uh, so they, they I expected w- to fail both of them. <laughs> so they, they, weren't, they, they weren't that tough, but it, like these exams, they're not tough questions, but you don't know whether you're right. <laughs> It's probably the best way of putting it because it's it's you know it's it's only uh what fifty questions or sixty questions or something like that. And you either know it or you don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mahmoud, you wanted to to jump in, didn't you? Yeah, uh, I I I wanted to say that I love the the new style of the exams. They still multi choice and everything, but you got this the whole scenario, and you have to think about your choices carefully. Um, I love I love the the new style and I love the complexity and depth in uh, in the exams. They are not tough. I agree. Uh, I didn't study because I did both of the exams during my vacation, so I was going to the beach. But I, you know, stopped the the kids. Well, the nothing kids that's revision and beaches. <laughs> yeah, stopped <laughs> the kids and the wife and put them in a cafe. Went to the exams and came back and them and went to the beach so uh <laughs> yeah this, that's actually how i did my exam so uh yes i failed in in uh, in the core exam and passed in the the advanced one but uh that's what i wanted to say the 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 so you failed the core one yeah i failed in the core and passed the advanced and you're an exchange the... mvp so people shouldn't yeah. feel too bad if they do it and yeah, pass yeah. on the first attempt. Yeah, and they should they shouldn't listen to my to me anymore. You know, <laughs> no, but that no, that's not that's not the point though, is it? Uh, it's it's anyone can fail an exam. Uh, yeah, exactly. and anyone can pass an exam and not know about it. Uh, I've passed my link exams, for example, and the, uh, another example is the the uh, Windows Server 2012 upgrade exam, which is the if you are certified in 2008, then you can upgrade with 7417. Otherwise, you've got to do a, a series of, of exams. Uh, and that's uh, an all-in-one upgrade exam that will take you from uh, MCITP uh, Enterprise Admin or Server Admin, I think, to yep. MCSA uh, on Windows 2012. And you add the- that to those two exams, and that's what gives you the MCSE Microsoft Certified Solutions expert in messaging. Uh, and that, again, that's one of those exams where you either know it or you don't know it. And a, a few of those questions, more than a few, I went through and I, I thought, that's an interesting feature. I wish I knew about it. And I don't know what the answer is. I'll just guess this one. And I passed the exam, and you, you go out of the exam feeling a little bit dirty because it's all, I passed it. But well, for 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 the, for for those people who want to do the four seventeen exam, uh, I, I think that well, I, currently I'm I'm I have the exam uh, preparation book from Ms. Press and. Um, that has some very helpful things and can guide you uh, 
especially with uh, with a Windows Server 2012 um, lab, uh, it can uh, help you prepare for the exam and learn from preparations instead of the exam. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think that's it. It's it's not just preparing it's learning it and uh time isn't on my side sometimes for for these things and uh, i i just i use 2012 a lot hyper v is the the main bit i use it for and and as a platform to to set up uh server stuff um so just going in and seeing how you do is a lot like tossing a coin uh but i know i've got to go i know from the exam that I've got to really learn a lot more about 2012. So the so, so those volumes are uh, probably essential reading for me, and I've pa- and I've already passed that 417 exam. Uh, I, I need to go and buy that book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it could be. Yeah, well, uh, I don't I don't know if you mentioned yet, but um, if you want to have the uh, Microsoft Certified Solutions Expert certification for messaging. You have to have the core and advanced solutions uh, exams for Exchange, yeah. and also uh, the Windows Server 2012 MCSA uh, solution admin. I think that is. Yeah. Um, uh, and and if you have a, a, a qualifying uh, certification, you do, can do the 417 upgrade exam, and then uh, be fully. Um, well, Fully MCSE'd. Yeah, exactly. For 2013. Yeah. I know they brought it back, but it still sounds bad. I, I, it, co- it, I, co- I quite yeah. like the MCITP. Um, but yeah, but yeah uh, MCSE <laughs> expert sounds as bad as a, uh, as engineer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I like. Yeah. So, so yeah, exams are live. Uh, get those two exams. The core. The advanced, and you are past. Well, you're qualified on those two exams. Get the uh, Windows 2012 MCSE, MCSA, and add that to those two exams, and you're an MCSE messaging on 20 uh, 2013. And uh, and hopefully, uh, unlike me, you'll be an expert in Windows Server 2012 uh, as well as Exchange 2013. Uh, and they're, they're they're good exams. They're not too tough, but they they need a lot of revision for. Uh, so they're, they're the kind of exams where they're good questions. There's there's a new format for the exams if you've not done them before. Uh, but uh, but uh, but but again, it's uh, you either know it or you don't know it. And uh, MVPs have failed. I, some of us thought we were going to fail, and we passed, and we felt kind of lucky for it. Uh, so to take your revision seriously, more seriously than I did, and uh, you'll be sure of a path. Uh, next topic, uh, we're going to just before Mamu drops out because it's one in the morning where he is. Uh, is mobile device management uh, a big topic to start at one a.m. Mahmood, <laughs> you're yeah, very eager yeah. to talk about this. I, I thought we were yeah. going to drop it out of the show altogether. No, no, no. Well, I really, I really wanted to speak about it because um, you know uh, I evaluated a lot of pro- uh, products and uh, uh, have been, you know, really uh, went in depth in this topic, which which was one of my weakness points. You know, I didn't do a lot of mobile device management outside of the exchange. You know, yeah. So. Uh, uh, it was uh, it was a nice journey, so I wanted to share my findings with uh, with the folks hearing us uh, uh, out there. So um, my evaluation uh, went to evaluate semantic uh, mobile device manager, AirWatch, semantic? and Good. 
Yes. So, so, so that they're, they're three big players. Um, but yeah. uh, misses out people like Mobile Iron as well. Uh, any reason for that, or was it uh, time? No. Uh, well, we wanted to test the the products. Uh, eventually, uh, in the first place, we we decided to go with MDM, the semantic MDM. However, yeah. when I evaluated the semantic MDM, I found that it's very weak in uh, in Android management. You know, it, it, because it uses the same ActiveSync engine and just added ads and a nice interface, and that's it. Oh, it, 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 okay. yeah. So it can't do anything outside of the active sync capabilities. You know, nothing more, nothing less. Um, it, on the other hand, on the iPhone, you can you can go very granular and flexible. You can do software locking, users locking, application locking. You, you can do every, you know control every bit inside iPhone. So. so- uh, just to give us a little introduction to MDM solutions, uh, if someone who's managed uh, Bez before is going to have a, a reasonable idea of uh, of how these kind of things work. Uh, but uh, for, for someone who hasn't, uh, you, okay. you, you've got to have a, a server infrastructure, which might be uh, a server sitting behind a database server, a server that sits on the edge, uh, talks to services from Apple and uh, and 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 other vendors to push messages out to devices uh, and also they have a, an app on the, the device itself which can receive these updates and implement policies is, is, is that right about right server yeah the cloud that's, that's pretty much of it and that's an app on the device that, that that does yeah. that it doesn't go through for the best part for most providers it doesn't just go through active sync it, it's a it, it's a it's a lot more than that. It's a solution that can uh, provision bookmarks into in, onto someone's iPhone or uh, hide all sorts of applications, deliver applications to them. Uh, if you've yep. got a, a corporate app that you've developed or apps that you've bought a site license to, you can push them through a mobile device management solution. It's not just about mail and, and making sure that you've got a device lock screen. I agree. Uh, the, the, I, uh, so, I wanted to so the, the three that, that you looked at, Symantec was was kind of carry on. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I just wanted to highlight that for your m- mobile device management, of course, you need to set your strategy because ActiveSync is great if you want to control the the device and just do some wipe and. That's it, and you know, emails and that's it. If you want to push applications, software, documents, you know, control VPN, control camera, and control the device, and even provisioning the device itself, you will need much yeah. more than Active Sync, obviously. So, semantic error watching, good. Are you, all of them are using the same concept? You know, you have a software, uh, and all of them have the on-premise and the cloud solution, so you, yeah. you can have the 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 software or on-premise version, or you can go and subscribe for the the, the cloud version. Uh, the the semantic MDM was very complex. The interface sucks. It's, it's my opinion. Uh, the, um, the the could develop much more better interface, but they didn't. Uh, uh, good is good. You know, as um, is 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 good at iPhone, Windows Mobile management, but again, is very weak at the Android part. 
the Air Watch uh, was very wow, in my opinion. Uh, they provide fl a very flexible agent for Android, which enables you to do everything. So you basically can do the iPhone part and the Android, and you won't notice any difference. Uh, what I liked about AirWatch uh, during my pilot, which was two months before ago, uh, that they provided Windows 8 and Windows 7, uh, so Windows Phone and Windows 8 support uh, by the time, which wasn't available for any other vendor, uh, which I like. Uh, the 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 pitfall for AirWatch is that their demo is only on the cloud, so you can't have the on-premise option for evaluation. For the pricing, most of this, uh, most of they are similar. Most of them are similar. So you have the pay-as-you-go option, or you have yeah. the um, the whole license here. You license 100 users. That's it. For other 50, you buy another 50, and the other things. The pricing model, when you say pay-as-you-go, is that a pay-per-user? Or is yeah, a, you, a monthly subscription? Yeah, you pay per per device. Most of them, yeah. they don't care about how many users you have. You, they care about the devices you, you have, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so, so do you buy those in advance, or do you? Or, yes. Yeah. Yes. So you yes. buy a thousand seats and go from there. Um, uh, my 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 two cents for people are going for mobile device management BYUD, be um, just define what you want from your mobile device management because maybe yeah. Active Sync is a, is a nice solution at the end. Uh, the other thing, watch out for um, devices that you want to manage the types of devices that you will manage because. Some software are very good at iPhone, the others at yep. Windows Mobile, and the other at Android. Uh, so you, you, you need to know uh, the majority of the devices that you have connected to your infrastructure. Yeah. I mean, with, with ActiveSync, Android has always been a problem. But what's what's the story for Android with MDM solutions? Uh, can it rein in and solve these issues? Or do you still have the issue that different Android devices can be on completely different versions of the, the underlying Android operating system. Well, I talked with the semantic representative who explained the whole thing about Android because for Android, uh, what, I uh, what I understood, they don't expose the, uh, the, um, the security APIs, if we can say, the, uh, the same way that iPhone does. So you don't have the full control over your Android phone outside yeah. of the Android operating system. So uh, Symantec promised, promised me that they will provide a better Android management in the 7.2 edition, where, which should have been released, um, but I didn't follow up with them, to be honest. Uh, for AirWatch, I don't know how they did it, but they provide a very rich agent that enables you to look the user, the application, the, the the wireless, the VPN, the camera, and everything, and even control the SIM, the certificates, the encryption. Um, those features were not available at the Semantic MDM or, or Google. So, so it sounds, on the whole, like AirWatch uh, at your evaluation came 
head and shoulders yeah. above everything else. Yeah, air watches are are pretty good. I I didn't evaluate the the uh, I I heard from Tom that they are very good. Uh, however, um, if they responded very late, uh, so I contacted them and spent they spent three weeks until they came back to me, which I hated. But maybe for some for some of you guys who are at the US or Europe, they will get maybe faster response. So, so how does it compare to, to things like System Center, Config Manager, Service Pack One, uh, twenty twelve? Well, uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't test that one yet. I just downloaded the SP one bits last week, so maybe that will, I will give that a, 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 a run and see how it goes. Uh, and and out of these products, is there any that you can download for free, have a play with yourself, or do they all require vending? Uh, do they all require vendor intervention to to set up and get running with? Uh, for for semantic or uh, airwatch uh, for or, for the three that you mentioned, semantic, airwatch, okay. and good. Okay, for for semantic, you just go uh, create a semantic account and download directly. For airwatch, uh, you have to sign an NDA and the customer agreement. Uh, another document, uh, um, a pre-sales or uh, sales order for a zero. I don't know zero amount of dollars. It's very silly, but, but that's how so they it's a little did bit it. more complicated. But it's but but it, it is good. easy enough if you're determined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and good as well. You, can you try on that product? Yeah, yeah. You can try on that product, and it's it's, it's a nice one. Yeah, I like uh, it. Uh, Sir Can uh, in the background has mentioned uh, Zenprise, which just to add to this topic is a product he's used and is keen on. And, and just to mention them as well, that they have a, a trial that you can uh, yeah. have a go with as well. Uh, so in terms of implementation, uh, are all of them easy to implement or is the, the one that, that stands out as, as one that's, that's straightforward to put in, uh, does the job? Uh, does, yeah. does that go to AirWatch again, or uh, barring the, the cloud-based implementations? Uh, well, I, did, I didn't try the AirWatch on-premise version because uh, they only provide for for demo. They only provide the cloud option, so you can't demo it in on-premise. For uh, for semantic, the demonstration was easy, nothing fancy. Says However, a semantic expert. <laughs> uh, no, don't, don't call me that because they will call me the semantic SME back in my company, which is you know okay. The, without the semantic, training is yeah. The semantic so, enthusiast, the yeah. semantic wants to be more training guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> what does Michael Roo say? Michael Roo says, uh, "Mr. Norton." Then <laughs> oh, that's yeah. going back in it. So, so for 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 the semantics, the administration was was easy, but the the management and the interface is very complex. So I spent like three or four days trying to get uh, the uh, or understand how the console will work and how you do the management and how to do everything. And the interface is very is very complex. It's you know it's not easy. Uh, uh, for good, it's it's good. It's uh, it's nice. But I did, I hated the Android portion, uh, and we have a hefty amount of Android devices connected to our network. So. Yeah. Uh, maybe for a, for for a, another customer or another uh, consultant who have, for example, Windows Phone or uh, uh, Android, sorry, iPhone devices, he will like good. Yeah. Uh, so, but AirWatch sounds like it's the the one to 
to pick them yeah. out of those three, uh, and also yeah. have a, a look at Zen Prize, which uh, yeah, sure, it sure. is one that uh, can uh, it keeps on pushing our way. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for that, Mahmoud. Uh, I thank hope you. it's not too late where you are. And yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll try to catch a couple of hours of sleep before <laughs> okay. waking yeah. up. Yeah. So it's Monday for you now. So uh, yeah. have a good one. Yeah. Okay. See you guys. Uh, thank you. See ya. Uh, and on to our next topic. Um, it's scripts and lots of them. This week we've got uh, four scripts on the show. One from Sir Ken, one from me, one from Michelle, and uh, one from Paul, which I'll, I'll quickly mention for him. So, Michelle, you're up first. Tell us about your script. Yeah, I've created a script uh, for a problem uh, uh, I've learned many people are experiencing when uh, handling PSD files. And it uh, deals with the fact that you can uh, create um, additional uh, well-known folders that uh, folders like uh, inbox and calendar in your mailbox yeah and that has mostly due to the fact that you have uh, different regional setting uh, when exporting and when importing uh, from when importing PSD. Uh, <coughs> so that's and the, the, the names the same, that show up for inbox and things like that yeah and if it's the same setting you can um, when importing uh, detects that the folder is already present and it creates a the sequence number behind the inbox, so you get inbox one, etc. And that will become your new inbox, so it's for the user a bit annoying because it's all these folders and he needs to move around the data from all the imported sources to the proper location. Um, well, <clears throat> I've looked around to see if there was anything uh, to fix that. And then I thought, well, oh, I'll do it myself and <laughs> use it as a good exercise to... Uh, catch on with uh, and exchange web services. So, so I've created a little script for that. So is it one of the first scripts you've done on exchange web services? It's the first big script. Uh, I've long done some smaller things to fix smaller issues, but it's a, this is the first, let's say, full-blown script with all the... You can use this command with all the parameters, etc. Uh, and as we mentioned earlier, Dave's already thinking up uses for this. And uh, any multinational uh, t- doing this kind of work is is going to yeah. come across this issue. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, Bob, in, in, in the testing phase with our migration from Zarafa to Exchange, we are going to use uh, PST exports. And uh, I already did some dry runs um, importing it. And then exactly like, like Michel said, I get an inbox one and an inbox uh to or without the uh, number numbering, and I try to resolve it with the uh, regional settings, but then there are some other issues. Because uh, one thing is that um, even though the user uh, sets its regional settings, it most of the times the client uh, OWA or Outlook just translates it for you, and the actual folder still is in the um, 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 default English term. Yeah, and uh, that is uh, something when you import on the PSD uh, that that gives the trouble. So if if uh, admins think, hey, uh, I'm, I'm I'm seeing some some weird stuff going here, uh, it's not an uncommon problem. I've seen it on Tenet forums as well in the past. Uh, so Michelle, props to to this for for us in that. Was it a labour of love, or or once you had the pieces together, was it pretty straightforward? 
Well, it took some time to get the hang of that uh, web services because it's not all that um, clear what 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 certain functions are for and which attributes and uh, to uh, to read and write. But after that, yeah, um, it was really down forward from because I knew, knew what was uh, required. It was yeah. just a breakdown of uh, yeah. As so, usual in development, <laughs> is it is it something that um, because I saw that you do it did it in uh, with uh, Exchange Web Services, but uh, what was your decision to do to use that? Was it the only way, the easiest way, uh, rather than just PowerShell commands or Exchange commands? Well, you can't read uh, items using PowerShell, so I had to talk to the Exchange Web Services interface. Yeah, there's there's almost one way of doing it, and that's that's it, because uh, you you can get the folder names, but you can't change them. That's the problem. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, only via Exchange Web Services you can change those uh, names. Uh, so interesting script, and that's I I bet you over the next year that's going to be downloaded a a fair few times. Uh, so let's not underestimate uh, the usefulness. Uh, no, of despite that it's. Uh, Sorry, yeah, the, despite its weekend, it's already picked up uh, quite a few visitors. But so. when I was updating my script, you, I think you must have just uploaded your new version. And it had, uh, I think it must have had 20 or 30 downloads or something like that. It, it had a, a few anyway by that point. Uh, and you were the, the last person to upload a script. So it probably hadn't been that long either. Uh, so... So it's it's going to be one of those scripts that takes off, I think. What uh, one to watch, uh, and before you know it, people will tell you that there's bugs all over it because <laughs> that's what <laughs> that always happens with scripts. I think this is brilliant. Well, I, I, I think, people go, I think no, that, don't work that for I me. Will be, I will be pushing to make it uh, Exchange 2013 compatible. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tested it with that version, but I expect people because yeah, I, I don't know all the local uh, folder name ver- uh, names, so. There's now only English and uh, Dutch in there. Yeah. So I hope people respond with uh, how the folder should be named for certain languages. So I can add that for future versions. So it will be yeah. more of a complete thing. So, so if you're downloading it for, for your country, add in those folder names. Oh, if anyone from Microsoft is listening who's got a full list of those that they can give you as a Excel spreadsheet, that would be useful as well. Yeah. Or some other way to perhaps uh, extract that information from a certain DLL or whatever. <laughs> uh, what is it? .NET Reflector. That's what you want. Uh, then you can find out everything you want. Uh, if you're if you're legally allowed to do so with those DLLs. Who, who knows? <laughs> Moving on to the next one. Sirkan. Uh, your script, your retention policy expiration script. Yep. Uh, okay. Tell us more. Yep. Uh, well, a few weeks ago. One of my clients started asking questions and testing retention policies on Exchange 2010. And we applied it to few mailboxes. Uh, we had multiple tags, uh, one for all the mail items, one for calendar, different tags for everything, deleted items and a different one. And we had personal tags. Uh, the issue was, well, the client was able to see their retention tags and retention expiration on Outlook itself, but for calendar or tasks, they can't see it. And also, they were 
used to getting emails. Uh, the users were used to getting emails for the items that were going to get deleted or moved to archive or anything that will happen to an item. Uh, it was reported to a user. So what we did, we thought of doing was scripting it and sending it to a user as a nice report showing which items will get affected in the next seven days with which with which retention tag or which action will be taken on that item will be shown on that yeah. report. So I did write the CWS script. Uh, how it works is it goes into your mailbox. It uses impersonation. It works as a service. So it comes into your mailbox, finds every folder, then finds every item, and then checks their retention uh, tag on them and retention dates yeah. on them, and then reports it to you. If you give a, a date range saying like next seven days or you can say like bring me every item I don't care uh, you can filter out folders you can exclude folders you can include folders or you can do it for the full mailbox and uh, you can have a either CSV or a HTML report whichever suits you best and then uh, you will be able to see which items will get affected with which a retention tag and if I also did add, a, an, add another layer into it showing like if an item uh, has a different retention tag than the folder itself. So for example if you have a standard of using a let's say 10 year folder, you have a 10 year folder and you want every user to use it for 10 years only and if the user is adding items in there and changing it with personal tags and everything you can see those as well. Uh, so it's it. saying that admins as well as users then? Well, it's more to admins, actually, uh, yeah. because what you want to do is sometimes you test retention tags and you create personal tags and uh, you want to see the effect on the mailbox. And so it could the, be a way of verifying that although you've got compliance settings in, making sure that they're actually, actually in place and actually yes. doing their job. Yes, and also you can force it to send messages to users saying these items will get deleted, for example. Uh, you can oh, use that is good. You can do it for different scenarios. Ooh, very and nice. What I did was, well, if an item is going to get deleted after two years, because our yeah. policy was setting it up for two years, so any item that will expire after two years, and if it's like the next week it's expiring, you'll receive a message saying, there is this item in your uh, X folder, which will expire in seven days and will be moved to uh, recoverable deleted items. So just to notify the user saying, hey, there's an action coming up, so be careful. Uh, so I think it will be useful for users as well because we are planning to implement it to one of my clients to for users to get an email message saying these items will get deleted in X time. And yeah. I think it will be useful for them. Cool. So another one to watch. And uh, between the two of you, you're going to give... Uh, Glenn Scales is a, a rent for his money. Oh yeah, I did mention him on my uh, blog, and I did mention him inside the script, thanking him, even though he doesn't know it. <laughs> I used lots <laughs> of his code, and I learned DWS from his blog. I mean, actually, I I read every single post that he puts it out there and tried it. Beautiful snippets there. I am joking when I say rent for his money because uh, let, let's face it, any of us I mean, when I've written an EWS script. 
uh, when I've come across a problem, I thought, I'm doing really well with this. Uh, then you come yeah. across a problem, and you end up at his blog. Exactly. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Uh, so, yes, fantastic script uh, to report the retention for items within a mailbox. And the the link for that, as with Michelle's, is going to be up on the website. And moving on to, to my latest update. And I didn't have to do too much with this, actually. I got an email from Neil Johnson, uh, who you'll probably know from the Jet Stress Field Guide and uh, great blog posts on, on, on things like uh, getting uh, mailbox profiles uh, as pretty much a, a top guy in Microsoft's UK uh, consulting team uh, and has a lot of input uh, across the board to uh, to exchange, uh, as we can gather anyway from the outside. And uh, he's uh, one of the people that uses one of my scripts, which is my the favourite of, of all of my scripts that I've written, uh, is my Exchange Environment Report, which uh, is similar to some of the, the other reports that uh, Michael Van Horenbeck has as written, sir, can uh, your mailbox permission script generates a HTML report, a table-based view, uh, focused on mailbox databases, database availability groups, uh, CCR clusters, and the servers in your organisation, how they're laid out, uh, and it it started life as a blatant ripoff of a technology adoption program tool which did the same job, and I liked it so much that uh, I wanted to make my own version and improve it a little bit. And I made that using PowerShell, and it's it's turned out to be relatively popular. Uh, but one thing that I hadn't done was update it for Exchange 2013, and that's what Neil Johnson has done. I've added a few little tweaks, uh, tested it out, uh, added a few little bug fixes along the way, uh, but the, the core of the work's been done by Neil, and it, it's very good. We've now got Exchange 2013 support in that, and version 1.5.6 is available to download now from my website, which, again, will be linked uh, on the UC Architects website uh, alongside this uh, very podcast. Uh, and... But the last of our scripts for today is by Exchange Server Pro himself, uh, the most popular Exchange MVP on Twitter, Paul Cunningham. And that's uh, Automated Exchange 2010 Backup Alerts. Uh, it's a, a script that has been a career saver uh, for one of his readers, and he developed it as a consultant, but in his long experience uh, supporting one of the largest organisations uh, in Australia, he was able to fine-tune that into a, a really, really good script uh, that basically it gives you an alert when you haven't backed up databases. It makes sure that you know before there's actually a problem. Uh, so you might have tools like System Center Operations Manager, which can tell you this. You might get a flood of alerts from your backup system to tell you that there's a problem. Um, but if you're an Exchange Administrator, if Exchange is the thing that you're responsible for, you don't want to miss that. So getting a customized alert that tells you things are good or bad it is not a bad thing. And there's been some updates to that, uh, a big version upgrade, and he's been promoting it uh, quite recently and it's definitely worth a mention it could be a lifesaver for you so we'll put up the the, the link to Paul Cunningham's Exchange 2010 automated backup alerts uh, and we'll be mentioning it again once he gets the 2013 updates in there as well he's currently working uh, with a few guys that got 2013 coexistence environments to, to add those updates in uh, and of course like Exchange when it's done it's done uh, and it will be out. 
Uh, and that's all our scripts for today. Uh, and we're going back to Link. If you if you were listening just for Link, it, there's been a lot of exchange in the middle bit. Uh, so, Tom, are you still awake? Yeah, yeah. Love all that exchange stuff, email. <laughs> great, great stuff. <laughs> Good. Um, yes, that's what it is. It's just email. <laughs> um, so your IM client stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're going to talk to us a little bit about uh, a brand new feature in Exchange, tw- uh, too much Exchange, Link 2013, which when I read about it, I thought was absolutely fantastic. Uh, so tell us a little bit more. Um, yeah, so this is the uh, voicemail escape uh, feature. But, um, it's, a, it's a kind of a, a minor thing, but thing you might have hit in, in, in Link 2010. Um, so if you have your Link client set up to SimRing, your mobile um, which often, you know, uh, we do certainly when we're we're running about consulting. Um, it, it, if your mobile is out of signal, for example, your voicemail on your mobile provider will pick up. Um, now, in Link 2010, that's the end of the story. Link sees the mobile pick up. The voicemail goes to the mobile provider's voicemail, and uh, you pick it up on your mobile. Um, but it causes issues if you're sitting with the link client in front of you and your mobile in front of you, and it just happens to be out of signal and, and hits the voicemail of the mobile provider. So yeah. in, in Link 2013, there's a, a setting you can set to say that call pickup was too early and therefore it's likely to be a mobile provider's voicemail, so ignore it and, and pull the call back to exchange voicemail. Um, so it's, it's a little tweak, um, but it should make lives a lot easier if you use SimRing a lot on your mobile. Uh, what, what about the other way around? Uh, if you if it goes to voicemail early, or, or you press decline or anything like that on the mobile. Uh, so same, same logic. It's just a timer, basically. So yeah. um, you can set the number of seconds or milliseconds, I believe, as to what's a too quick a pickup. Um, yeah. So depending on your provider, it'll be slightly different. But um, yeah, mainly in, in I've seen it when uh, my O2 mobile has been out of signal. Yeah. Uh, are, are there any scenarios left where it would still go to the, the voicemail provider if you've got this configured? Or is it very tunable? Uh, so this would just, this would just account for the too early pickup. Um, it's yeah. still, you'd want your exchange UM timeout to be less than your mobile timeout. So yeah. on most mobile carriers, you can, um, set how long before your mobile carrier picks up the voicemail. Yeah. You can even loop it back to, um, exchange, um, which is what I've got on my mobile. But, um, but as long as your mobile carrier picks up in, uh, greater time than your exchange UM, then your exchange UM will always get the voicemail. So the, the benefits of making it forward back to exchange UM, uh, for when you press decline or, or your, because you're busy, uh, yeah. Letting it ring out, yeah. Just single inbox, really. So I don't have to pick up my O2 voicemail. I can just pick it up on Exchange. Cool. So that, that's a, a good new feature then. And it, uh, we've got the, the the blog post by Tommy Clark. Yeah, that's that's the one to take a look at. We'll put that in the yeah. notes. He's done a great post on it, and that's what brought it up as a, a thing to mention on the show. So yeah. So uh, as you say, that'll be up on the notes for this episode. Uh, not forgetting that people are still learning uh, a lot about Link 2013 and you and Microsoft are going to be helping. It is a bit of a blatant plug, um, but it's a worthwhile one. Yeah, yeah, massive, massive plug. Um, but hopefully these will be fairly technical sessions. So our guys in yeah. the US are doing uh, webinars with Microsoft 
Um, so it's actually our guys presenting them. Um, there's, I think, four or five of them over the course of the next couple of months. Um, yeah. And again, we'll stick all the all the links in. They're, they're the classic, you know, Microsoft webinars about different features and functionalities of the new products. Uh, so there's some interesting ones. So there's planning for large-scale Link 2013 implementations. So that's one that could be focused both at organizations and, and consultants then. It's not getting started with Link 2013. This is the getting out their knowledge, the real-world stuff. Yeah, no, it's proper It's proper meaty stuff, and it's um, guys that, you know, have actually done this stuff on a large scale. So, and it's it's Modality and Microsoft, but it's not particularly Modality-focused. It's Link-focused, yeah. so come along and, uh, and learn some Link 2013 stuff. It's not about the sales. It's about sharing the knowledge. Yeah, as far as the, as far as we're concerned, it's yeah, it's not commercials. It's uh, it's come and come and learn about the new stuff. So the, the sessions we've got are so planning for large scale Link 2013 implementations, uh, Link 2013 conferencing, return on investment, uh, which it's always got to be a a good case to make, I guess, and the art of possible your roadmap to a successful Link 2013 adoption. That sounds a bit. Uh, that sounds interesting. Uh, is that one you know a bit more about? Yeah, so um, that's basically it's really key to um, actually leverage Link beyond just deploying it. So yeah. user adoption and, and third-party applications and add-ons and leveraging presence in business process. It's not just a, a deploy and walk away type product to get the most out of it. So that's what that session is primarily about. So it is... Could that cover custom implementations, well, custom coding to integrate it into to business systems as well? Yeah, absolutely. That's I, the that's, trying to get the most from it, trying to make sure that it's properly a part of your business rather than something you use for for conference calls and IM. Yeah, that's that's the holy grail, isn't it? You know, it already integrates nicely to the office apps, um, and you can kind of natively use it without leaving your app within Office. But it's taking it that yeah. step further for for line of business apps. Uh, and the, the third one uh, is is the Link 2013 uh, PBX integration scenarios. So that, that's got to be a bit of a moving target then at the moment. Uh, yeah, it's the, you know I mean obviously Microsoft are positioning Link as a, an integration or replacement of PBX, but realistically we're doing a lot of integration to to existing PBXs and, and gradual migrations. So yeah. that's understanding you know what's possible and what the best routes are. Uh, so all of those uh, are up on your blog, uh, and we'll have that link up uh, again with the, the notes for the show. Uh, so thank you very much for that, Tom. Uh, and thank you for everybody else today as well. Mahmood, who has uh, sadly left us for the evening. Michelle DeRoy, Dave Stork, and Sir Canvaraglu. Thank you very much for uh, putting up with me today on the show, uh, babbling on, uh, and for... And for your contributions, talking about some of the, the brilliant scripts you've done uh, and talking through some of our topics. And yeah, again, thanks to you, Tom, as well, for, for joining us as our link expert this week. We want to remind you that the UC Architects are online. Visit our website now at www.theucarchitects.com, on Twitter at The UC Architects, and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The UC Architects. And of course, we've got our group on LinkedIn, which you can join anytime you want and ask us any questions. Podcast episodes are available in the iTunes store, the Zoom marketplace, and in your favorite RSS client like Outlook or, or something of that vein. And if you want to see our website, you'll see links to everything that we've talked about on the show today. We'll see you back for the next episode in two weeks' time with Pat Hosting. 
Thanks for listening. <laughs>